0: Uh, if you've got your Bibles, open them up to the book of Proverbs. If you've got your phones or your tablets, go ahead and open them up. Um, all of the message notes for today are going to be on the Uversion app or the Bible app. You can open that up, and you'll see the notes and the scriptures that will be there for you uh, as we walk through this today. It's going to be great. I'm not going to preach to you so much as I'm just going to talk through this and have some fun with you because this is a fun topic. This is fun. How many of you guys have ever been on a date? Yeah, how many of you guys have been on some dates that you wish you hadn't gone on? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How many of y'all have ever been in relationships, like past dating, getting into a serious relationship with somebody? How many of y'all have ever found yourself in a serious relationship that on the backside of it you wish you'd never gotten into? Yeah, I see two hands going up and some feet going up in the air. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, So I want to start today off with a scripture from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 14. Verse 8 reads like this. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. There's a wise way to approach relationships, and then there's a foolish way to approach relationships. Okay? Um, When you talk about relationships and that attraction to somebody... It's crazy because when usually when somebody is initially attracted to somebody, this thing right here called your brain shuts off. Y'all told me the truth. It shuts off, and emotion and hormones kick in. See, so y'all y'all sitting there looking all churchy right now. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, though, right? Emotions and hormones kick in, and this brain kicks off, and that's why we have a lot of problems in relationships and that's why you see a ton of short-term dating relationships in people's lives and in the past because we jump into them based on our emotional attraction or need and based on what our hormones are telling us to do and we don't listen to this thing because I believe if we listen to this thing up here it can give us a whole lot of information and pick up on a whole lot of warning signs and if we can find a way to disengage all those crazy hormones We find a way to set aside all those crazy emotions. And I'm not saying they're bad things. God gave them to us. In the right context, they're great. But when you let them make your decision-making for you, (laughs) it just does not end up in good territory at all, at all. So I think we can operate with wisdom. We can operate with wisdom. Wisdom saves us a whole lot of trouble. And that's my motive in, in our time here today. I want to be able to save you trouble. I want to be able to save you heartache. I want to be able to save you wasted time. I want to be able to save you a lot of the stuff that you don't have to go through if we operate with wisdom in our relationships. So you with me so far? Amen. All right. So here's, here's some goals for today. This is what we want to do. We want to keep you from being emotionally damaged. We want to keep you from being emotionally damaged. The goal, The goal is to keep this thing right here called your heart, in as good a condition as you possibly can. Amen? Because if we want to spend forever with that somebody, don't you think that it's a great goal to be able to get into that relationship with that somebody, with all of this thing right here available to give them? I mean, that makes sense to me. You know, Um, now I'm married. I have a wife. Her name is Kelly. She's not here in service this morning. She's down working in the children's ministry. We were all geeked up and excited because she's like, I'm going to be speaking down there today and you're going to be speaking in the church. It's just going to be awesome. I'm like, I know, it's great. It's going to be fun. Um, When I met her, and we went through this process of dating and getting to know one another, you know, um, one one of my biggest regrets in that relationship leading up to our marriage was that I found myself having to processed through a whole lot of stuff emotionally and a whole lot of hurt that i had allowed in my in my, through through the relationships that i had been in that created trust issues and barriers and things like that that we just had to work through you know for us to get where we were going and and i don't want you guys to have to go through that because how many of you guys know what it's like to have your heart broken Amen. by somebody somebody you thought you were going to be with them forever but they had other plans you know, maybe you're here and maybe you're the heartbreaker. Maybe you're the heartbreaker. Maybe you're the player and you know how to work the game. I'm coming after you today, okay, because that's, ju- that's twice as much trouble. That's twice as much trouble. This is what we don't think about. Eventually, we're going to have to give an account to God for how we conduct ourselves in our relationships with other people. So, listen, it's very wise not to give all of this to somebody until they prove themselves, one, trustworthy And a person that has the character that could be trusted with one of the most precious things that you have to give to someone. And that's your heart and your emotional vulnerability. And so we want to help you not to be damaged. Uh, The other thing is we want to keep you from wasting months or years of your life in relationships that aren't going to last. How many of you would love to hop in a DeLorean, hit 88 miles an hour, go back in time... And talk to yourself, that was an awesome movie reference. Y'all should have been amening on that right there. How many many would love to go back in time and talk to yourself and say, Dude, lady, don't do this. Don't do it. You're about to invest three months or six months or a couple of years of your life that you're not going to be able to get back. And this person you're going to find out is a loser, is a cheater, doesn't care anything about you. They're just trying to get what they can get so they can move on to the next one. Got to be careful. Be careful, and this is what we want to do. We want to be able to protect ourselves from wasting time by using wisdom on the front end of our relationships. So we don't find ourselves in a place where because of emotion or those hormones going crazy, we put ourselves in a vulnerable place where we're going to lose precious time in our lives because we only got one life to live, guys. We only got one life to live. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to invest my life in somebody who's going to hit the road and not look back. That's right. Know what I mean? So uh, I want to be careful in how we do that. Why is that important? Because, because we want to make sure that we all stay on track with God's calling and his purpose for our lives. My life and for your life. Okay? Time we waste on useless relationships is time we've wasted on our purpose and calling and i think sometimes we lose sight of that everybody say god has a plan, has a plan for my life, my life and i got to be careful, I be careful who, who, I who i let share my life, share my life. because they're either, either going to help, help me accomplish god's will, accomplish god's will or, keep or keep me from accomplishing god's will You guys just said some really good truth. Y'all said some really good truth right there. We want to be careful. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says it like this. This is a great block of scripture that just applies to so many circles of life. It says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's Will is you know God's very concerned about your dating relationships. God's very concerned about your heart and your focus during the single years of your life, whether you're single or you've recently become single again. God's very concerned about that. Um, and if God has a plan for your life, God has a plan for the relationships that are in your life. Now I feel a lot of people sometimes because we we get um, so caught up with emotion and we get so caught up with hormones. You guys tracking with me so far today? Yeah. yeah, we get so caught up with this stuff. A lot of people buy into what I like to call it's like a single fantasy, where we're fixated on that person that we're going to meet or that somebody that's going to come into our life one day, and we say we say things like this. We find ourselves in places like this. We say, "I know that that somebody is out there for me, and I can't wait till I find them." I just can't wait till I find them. And we got in our minds how they're going to look and how they're going to act and all that stuff. You know, the picture-perfect relationship leading to the picture-perfect engagement leading to the, the picture-perfect marriage and forever and ever and ever and doves and peacocks are dancing and all this crazy stuff. You know, these wild fantasies. Um, ladies are a lot more guilty of that than guys. Guys are just like, okay, I got to do this. And when we get to the honeymoon, you know, that's just uh, a lot of guys think like that. Women are more emotionally connected to to like the fantasy of it, but guys are guilty too. So we think, one day I'm gonna meet this person. Now right now, right now, I don't have anything together. Right now my life is crazy. Right now I got issues. But when I meet them, everything's gonna be okay. Right now I'm broke, but when I meet them, that ain't gonna be a problem anymore. And when they come into my life, it's going to be amazing. I know I got issues. I know I got issues, but that's not going to be an issue once they come into my life. Because I'm not going to have to worry about things like patience. Because they're never going to do anything to test my patience. And I'm not going to have to worry about my anger issues. Because they're never going to do anything to make me angry. And I'm not going to have to do anything about my baggage or my past, or all those issues that I'm dragging along with me, because when we get together, we're going to ride off into the sunset together, and they're going to make it all okay, and they're never going to say anything or do anything to bring up any of that baggage or any of that stuff that I'm trying to leave behind me without dealing with. They're never going to push any buttons that are ever going to bring anything like that back up. Now, there might be a person out there that is actually like that, and they actually exist... But probably you're going to find them standing next to a leprechaun and a unicorn with a pot of gold behind them. And they're going to be holding up recent championship trophies from every sports team in Georgia. Okay? What are you saying, Josh? I'm saying that just don't exist. It just doesn't exist. Now, if you Georgia fans, stay with me. Stay with me. It's just a hard reality and a hard truth. But we get caught up on that, and we think this person is going to solve all of these issues and things for us. Married people tell me the truth. Does that stuff magically go away when you become married? Oh, no. No, No, it does not. No, it does not. Um, So, I think a better approach, instead of trying to, Chase some fantasy person that's going to magically make everything okay in your life. Maybe it would be better to switch the focus a little bit. Because I'm here to tell you, there is not a person on this planet that is designed to carry that much emotional weight. There's not a person on this planet that's designed to be the object of your worship. They just can't carry that kind of weight. And that's what you're talking about when you're chasing somebody like that. You're chasing a fantasy person that doesn't exist, and you're expecting a person to fulfill and meet needs in your life that no person is qualified or capable of meeting. Only God can meet those needs in your life. So the better approach is this. Maybe I should take some time during the single years of my life to prepare myself to be that person that that person I'm waiting for will be looking for so that when we cross paths, we're going to catch each other's eyes. Maybe that's a better approach to take because only God can meet those needs in your life. There's a principle in Scripture and it goes like this. It, it says this. It says, it takes one to be one. And we talked about this back in February when we did a quick marriage uh, series for a few weeks. We talked about this principle extensively. I invite you to go back and listen to that podcast. It will benefit you tremendously in your marriage. It will benefit you tremendously in your dating relationships. It will benefit you tremendously during the single years of your life. It takes one to be one. God's idea and purpose for marriage, because all dating relationships, we hope one day will lead to marriage. Amen? Amen. Okay? Um, So, if we're going to have a biblically correct marriage, God's view of marriage is one whole and complete person with a solid relationship with him. Entering into a sacred relationship, a union with another person who is whole and complete. With him. Two solid individuals. Not looking to each other to meet each other's needs. But looking to God first to be their supplier. Of everything that they need. Coming together to become one in marriage. It takes one to be one. And a lot of times when we're driven by hormones. And we're driven by emotions. We forget about that kind of stuff. It takes us off track. Wisdom dictates that we are first grounded in our relationship with God. If you want a good marriage... If you want healthy relationships. Now, if you love drama, if you love going through relationships faster than you got time to change clothes, if you like that kind of lifestyle, if you like the hurt, if you like the regret, if you like all of that stuff, jump right into it. Jump right into it. But if you want to operate with wisdom and you want consistency and you want to protect this thing and not lose time and keep yourself on track to be and do what God has called you to be and do, man, listen. Make sure this right here is right first. Right. Amen. Amen. Cut off that emotion and those hormones right in the right get right in, your pre, in the presence of God and let him fulfill you as a person. And you know what you'll find out? All of those cravings that you have to have somebody that loves you. And to hold you and to call you little snooky pooky and all that little stuff like that that, that people love man you're going to see that for what it is emotional dribble and you're going to begin to look for content in your relationships and you're going to begin to look for people of content to have a relationship with not just the latest greatest that's caught your eye okay I'm speaking some good truth right here that'll save you a whole lot of a whole lot of heartache um, so it takes one to be one here's a good question to ask yourself and I like the way that this is phrased. If God gave you to your future spouse today in the condition you're in, would you be the biblical picture of what they would be looking for? Would you be the biblical picture of what they're looking for? So we always think about what we want. At least most of the time, most people think about what they're looking for in a relationship. But we don't stop to consider what that other person is going to be looking for one day. Listen, ladies, if you want a guy that's got integrity, if you want a guy that's got it together and is mature and responsible, if you want a drama-free marriage where you're treated like a queen, you're going to have to have those same kind of qualities to give back to him because a guy of that caliber is going to be looking for a lady of that caliber. So what you got to ask yourself is this. If, if, if he gave you to that person today, if he gave you to that man or he gave you to that woman today, would they say, thank you, Lord, or would they say, oh, God, why me? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question to ask. Thank you, Lord, or oh, God, why me? Some of us have had, oh, God, why me? I would much rather stick with thank you, Lord. That's a much better scenario. So I heard a guy say it like this one time, and this is a great illustration, a great story. There was a girl who had, was born into a, a God-fearing family. They you know, went to church a lot. She was heavily involved in the student ministry and went through high school, really involved in the church. She graduated, went to college, and when she went to college, things began to change for her got with a bunch of friends that had a different different points of view on life, different philosophies. She started hanging out with people that weren't really connected to church. And because she wanted to be accepted by this new group of friends, she started trading off some of her values so she could hang out with them. And it wasn't long before they were going to bars to hang out, and it wasn't long before she was hanging out with the wrong crowd, making decisions that she shouldn't have been making, crossing physical lines with guys that she shouldn't have been crossing, dating some guys that she probably shouldn't have been dating, you know. And, and this went on for a couple of years while she was in college. She went back home for a holiday during the Christmas season or something like that and spending some time with a family and went to church. And a lot of the people that she used to hang out with when she was in church said, hey, let's go out, let's catch a movie, and let's, let's just do something fun tonight. So she went out with them. And while she was out there, she saw this guy. And she was like, oh, my God, tall, dark, handsome. Said the right stuff, had that perfect smile, you know, and instant connection with him. It's like, oh my gosh, that guy is amazing. What does he do? He's a worship leader at the church. Oh, that's amazing! I can't. That's just. That's just. That's just amazing. She got home. The first thing she did is she talked to her mom. She goes, "You're not gonna believe this. I finally found a guy. I found a guy. He is everything that I've been looking for. I finally found the guy that I've been looking for." And the mom said, "Honey." That's probably true, but I want to tell you something. A guy like him isn't looking for a girl like you. He's got a different set of priorities. He's got a different focus. And we've got to give consideration to the person that we're becoming. So the first bit of advice I give you, okay, if you're a student in high school, you're in college, or if you're an adult single that's kind of moved past that stage of life, Instead of chasing after a person and looking for a person to be that in your life, focus on you. Focus on growing you. and Focus on your relationship with God. Because everything in life is going to flow out of that relationship with God. And if you're tight with God, I guarantee you, He's going to lead you and direct you one step at a time to a place that's going to cross paths. If He's out there, if she's out there, because listen, you could, be, you could have a life where God's got a certain calling on you, and you might be single for the rest of your life. Some of y'all just got scared to death when I said it. No, 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 no. Hey, what's more important? God's will and purpose for your life are what you want right here and right now. Questions you got to ask yourself. So um, focus on growing you. Focus on becoming that person. So if the time comes or when the time comes when that person crosses your path, You are exactly what they're looking for. Don't chase them. When you start chasing, you get in trouble. All right? Now, I want to give you a a few questions to ask yourselves. Um, These are great guiding questions that are founded in a lot of biblical wisdom. Now, I'm not... We could spend the next three or four weeks talking about biblical principles for dating and going through the whole deal from attraction... Um, through the relationship, how to slow step it, protect yourself, leading to engagement, how that process should go, and leading into marriage. We could spend a lot of time doing that. We may come back to it. Um, I don't know if we'll do it later this year, maybe going into next year we might spend some time looking at that. But I just want to give you four really good questions today to ask yourself. If you're in a relationship with somebody, it might open your eyes. If you're considering getting in a relationship with somebody, probably open your eyes and help you filter things a little bit better so that you don't find yourself brokenhearted, wasting time, or missing out on what God's called you to do. So, are you ready for these things? All right, let me give them to you. Uh, First question is this. Number one, do they have a relationship with Jesus? Pastor Josh, that should be a (laughs) no-brainer. It should be. It should be. But I found, that my, I did young adult ministry for a long time. You would, it just never ceased to amaze me how much this question was on nobody's radar. i tell you what was important. It wasn't do they have a relationship with Jesus. It was how do they fit in those jeans. It was do they have money to buy me the stuff that I want. It was what kind of car do they drive? It was how tall are they? How, how, do they, how funny are they? Was things like that. Do they have a relationship with Jesus? This has to be the ultimate filter if you want to accomplish what God has called you to do in your life. No exception. It has to be the ultimate filter. I encourage you, ladies, that first date with that guy, you think he's cute, you don't know a whole lot about him, or maybe you... Listen, let me say this, too. I'm not talking, do they go to church? Okay? I'm not talking do they come to church because I chased a whole lot of guys away from my young adult ministry back in the day They figured out there were some single ladies around there they could try to capitalize with. And I told them, look, you're, here. you're welcome to come in here and get Jesus and hang out, but you start working your way through my girls, you're going to find my foot somewhere you don't want it to be and you're going to be out the door. Okay, be it Just because he's in church or just because she's in church doesn't mean they have a relationship with Jesus. Look at them and ask them. Tell me about when you gave your heart to Jesus. Tell me your story. Tell me what God has called you to do. Tell me what God spoke to you this morning when you had your time with him. Or well, if they can't give you answers like that, big warning sign. If you're serious about operating in wisdom with your relationships. Now, if you want to be one of those people that just throw the stuff on the wall and see what sticks and grabs it and goes, more power to you. But if you want to save yourself trouble... If you want to save yourself heartache, this is a huge question to ask. Do they have a relationship with Jesus? When guys show up to date my daughters, oh, dear God, please never. (laughs) Y'all got to pray for me. I got two girls, and God decided to make them cute. Oh, dear God. So what, what are you doing, Pastor Josh? Well, my first phase is to stock up as much ammo as possible and guns to deliver that ammo with prejudice and accuracy if I need to. You know, Um, so so when the guys come to show up, they want to to date my girls. My first question is going to be this. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If you do, we can go to step two. If you don't, we need to talk about how to get you saved. We need to talk about getting some Jesus in your heart. Uh, (laughs) Guys. Guys have these I don't know if you guys do this but a lot of guys that I talk to especially the dads of daughters have these fantasies and we've got it all scripted out in how this stuff is going to go when that first boy shows up and it's different like you're sitting there and he walks in and you're there cleaning all your guns How you doing? Sit down. Let's talk, you know? And you take the bullet and you throw it at him. Pfft. Do you like that? What? You do anything to hurt, abuse, or take advantage of my daughter, and the next one I send your way is going to be traveling a lot faster, Jack. You understand me? Yeah. So guys, guys, think about stuff like that. Think about stuff like that. I have one friend who told the guys that came to date his daughters, he says, uh, he said, <laughs> this, is, this is kind of creepy. He said, listen, I'm going to tell you straight up, whatever you do to her, I'm going to do to you. <laughs> and he had that crazy look in his eye. You know, just like, man, that's a little weird. Um, but he would tell the guys that guys want, dads want to send that message. Dads want to send that message. Um, listen, can you imagine how protective your heavenly father is of you? If your earthly dads are that protective of you? Can you imagine how God wants to protect your heart? Why does this matter? Because, listen, if they, if they aren't a Christian and they don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're talking about... Two completely different worldviews. You have to think past the initial attraction to how this thing's going to play out. Okay? Um, our, the old saying is if you never date a non Christian, you'll never marry a non Christian. And it's true. It's true. Um, if you only date people you know have relationships with God, then you are more likely to marry somebody that's going to have a beautiful relationship with God. Um, it's important because in Ephesians chapter 5, God gives us. A beautiful description of marriage. All of these relationships will eventually lead to marriage. And don't you want your marriage to be the perfect picture that God had in mind when he established marriage for us? I don't know about you, but I want the best of the best. I want the best of the best. Ephesians 5 Paul's breaking down this thing he says wives submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord some ladies like that verse some ladies go yeah I don't like that but it's there look at this for the husband is the head of the wife you know it's not so much that it's there it's the whole motive and bigger picture behind it you know a lot of husbands jump up and say, the Bible says a wife's supposed to submit. Yeah, it also says you're supposed to die, joker, so what's going on with that? <clears throat> you know, how, how, are you treating, how are you treating your wife? So it says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Now, Paul's saying, church, Christ, husbands, wives. Husbands, Love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Paul's painting a picture here with the roles that we're supposed to play in marriage. The husband does this, the wife does this, it represents this, it represents that. Why? Because of verse 31 and 32 in Ephesians chapter 5. It says this, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Paul's saying the marriage relationship is supposed to be a picture of the gospel of Jesus. It's supposed to be a picture of the relationship between Christ and his church. As the wife submits and the, and the husband loves and gives himself, it becomes a perfect picture, a sacrifice and, and submission to one another to show the love that God has for the church and the love that the church should have for God. That's a beautiful thing right there. Now listen, answer me this question. How can a husband operate in his role if he's not in a relationship with Jesus? How can a wife operate in her role in a marriage if she's not in a relationship with Jesus? Can't. 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 Per- you know what? You know what the biggest trouble that I have encountered in marriages are in all the years of counseling that I've done, and I've done a lot of marriage counseling. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I have a lot of marriage counseling. Um, all the marriage counseling that I'm some good, some bad, and some of it turned out great, and some of it not so great. Um, biggest problem is power struggle. Power struggle. Who's going to get their way? Who's going to do what? All the issues. Her trying to listen now. Um, it, it, if she doesn't have the heart of God, and she doesn't have a heart that's submitted to Jesus, she's not going to submit to you, Joker. She's going to manipulate, lie, and try to control and weasel her way in and have things her way. If his heart's not submitted to God, it's not going to be submitted to serving you or the best for you. He's going to try to control and get what he wants, and there's going, to, there's going to be that struggle there. But when we operate in our biblical roles, marriage is a beautiful thing because you have two people who are submitted to one another, serving one another. Like it's a competition to see who can love and submit and serve. The most it's not an ego trip it's not a power game it's, when we do it right it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing that's why it's important to ask that first question do you have a relationship with Jesus because if they don't if you continue in that relationship listen I'm telling you you are never going to have God's best marriage for your life because it's impossible for them to give it to you because they are not operating in the role that they're supposed to because they don't have the foundation of Jesus in their lives. Not to mention this, you got to think long term too. I know I spent a little bit of time on this, but I want to hammer this home because you just wouldn't believe how much this is an issue in church today. Listen, think about this long term. Uh, what's going to happen when you have children? What kind of philosophy are your children going to be raised with? How's church gonna work out? Well, he comes to church with me now. Yeah, he does now. He does now. But will he later? You know what you know what my experience tells me? Nah. If he doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, it's not gonna last. It's not going to last look if you're having to drag him to church now big warning sign you don't want nothing to do with that move on how's that going to play out with the with the kids how's church going to play out later how in, in every case that I've seen almost every case that I've seen, with someone who enters into a relationship with someone who is not a Christian. You are a Christian. You enter into a relationship with someone that is not a Christian. What doesn't happen is what everybody says is going to happen. I'm going to date them, and I'm going to lead them to Jesus, and they're going to get involved in church, and God's going to use me to change their lives. Baloney. 99 times out of 100, what's going to happen is this. You're going to compromise your standard and your walk with God to keep the relationship with them. And over time, you're slowly going to change. And you're going to find yourself in the same condition that they're in. You're going to have to choose between the relationship with them or your relationship with God. So you might as well do it on the front end than on the back end. Okay? I'm giving you good truth today. This will save you a lot of headache and a lot of trouble, so just stuff to think about, second question is this, and this is kind of blunt, but am I desperate, am I desperate, are you a desperate person, how do I know, how do I know, <laughs> I, I, Kelly asked me to go pick up some breakfast the other day, and we found this, have you ever been to Douglasville Donuts, we, we, we recently discovered this place, and we probably shouldn't have, because they've got these things there called kolaches, and they're just amazing. They're like pigs in a blanket on steroids. They're awesome. Um, so we started liking kolaches, and donuts are donuts, and they're not good for you, but dang, they taste good sometimes. So she said, why don't, we, why don't we, got, we got a slow morning? I'll tell you what, I'll go grab some of that stuff and pick it up. And I drove up there, and I started realizing as I was driving how hungry I was. And when I got to the donut shop... There were three people in line ahead of me, and I had to stand there and wait and smell those donuts, and I was hungry. You know what happened when I got up there to pick out my donuts? I bought that place out, Joker. I bought, I want one of this, two of those, two of this, 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 this. I got way more than what we needed um, because there's a principle, and it's called you never go shopping when you're hungry. You ever been grocery shopping when you're hungry? You go in, I'm going to get some spaghetti noodles. I'm going to get some ground beef or some turkey, and I'm going to get some sauce, and I'm going to pick up a salad, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to make it. But if you go shopping hungry, you're going to have stuff in that cart. I need bread. I need some chicken. I need some snack cakes. I need cake mix. You know what? I don't know if we're out of cereal or not, but I'm hungry, and it looks good right now. I'm going to grab some of that. you You never go shopping when you're hungry. Listen, don't get into a relationship when you're hungry. Don't get into a relationship when you're hungry. Don't dive in when you're desperate. Have you ever gone through like a relationship superstore and just grabbed a whole lot of stuff and put it in your cart that you look back and said, "Why did I put that in my cart? Why did I hang out with them? Why did I date?" You look back on those people and go, "Why did I even date them?" Let's be honest, you were hungry. You were probably hungry. If, you're asking your, if you find yourself saying things like this, I just need somebody, I need somebody, and your dominating thought is finding somebody to help complete you in life, you're desperate. You're desperate. I'll be honest with you. If you're in a relationship with somebody right now, and they're all you think about, and they're all you put in front of yourself, and they dominate you, look, you're in a relationship, but you're still desperate, needy. Desperate creates needy. Desperate creates clingy. Desperate creates that. How many people would love to get into a relationship with somebody that's desperate? Mm-mm. mm mm No. Nobody who thinks up here wants to get into a relationship with someone who's desperate. You know what kind of relationships desperate people find themselves in? Ones that are always going to end with a bad story. Every time. Um... <laughs> so, look. How, how do I know if I'm desperate? Let's let's track your social media account. It, what are you pushing? Is, is it is it? I, I need this. I need a man. I need a man. I, like if every other post is, you need a man, honey. You don't need man. You need Jesus to fill that hole in your life, so you're not craving emotional fulfillment from somebody else. Okay, that's desperate. Um, you do know there's a difference between social media and a journal, right? that stuff's cool to write down in a journal that's between you and God and you know, whoever you trust enough to read it that's fine when you put that on Facebook that junk is out there that junk is out there and listen, here's the danger I want to give you a little bit of wisdom on top of some wisdom when you put that stuff out there when desperate hits the airwaves guys and girls pick up on that but it's not going to be the guy or girl that you're going to want to be in a relationship with you know who gets attracted to desperate Users and abusers every time, every time. Um, if I'm a sexual predator and I see you posting that kind of stuff on Facebook, oh, you just went on my hit list. You just went on my hit list. You're going to attract users and abusers every time. Desperate's not a good place to be. Um, golly, if we're 100% honest about being desperate, desperation in dating leads to destruction every time. It leads to destruction every time. Here's, here's some good questions to ask yourself to, to help dig into this whole desperation thing just a little bit more. Um, are you using them for emotional fulfillment? If you are, that's desperate. You're getting stuff from somebody that should only be coming from your relationship with God. People have... like you, Some people will add or take away from this list, but basically people have got four needs that God put inside of us. We've got a need for acceptance, a need for security, um, we have a need for, um, what's another one? We've got a a need for what is that, purpose, and we have a need for identity. Basically that God put in us. Um, A person is not going to be able to fulfill any of that. Only God can fulfill that. Look to God to fulfill that in your life. If you're looking to people to fulfill that in your life, I know I've said that a lot, but that's desperate. That's desperate. If you're looking to somebody in their current relationship or a future relationship to be that to you, that is just an unrealistic expectation, and all you're going to attract are people that want to hurt you. Second question is this. uh, Cover your ears. Are you having sex with them? Because if you're using them for emotional fulfillment, it's just a matter of time before you use them for physical fulfillment. And the key word here is use. Are you having sex with them? Look, stop. Stop. Sex exists in God's word in the confines of marriage between a husband and a wife. This is, what, this is the game that we figured out. Um, over the years, is that women figured out that if they use sex, they can get love and attention. And guys have figured out that if they can present enough love and attention, they can use it to get sex. And that's a dysfunctional relationship to be in. You're using people to fulfill perceived needs in your life. Now, listen... I know you hear, especially ladies, you hear say this a lot. But he loves me. But he loves me. He don't love you. He loves what he's getting from you. Okay? No, you don't know him. I don't have to know him. I, I, here's a little challenge. If you think he loves you, cut it off. Say, no sex. No sex. It ain't happening. That's off the menu. We can be together. And I'm going to focus on my relationship with God, and I'm going to get as close to God as I can possibly get with Him. I encourage you to do the same thing. You take it off the menu and see how long that guy sticks around. You'll find out real fast. You'll find out real fast. When a woman uses sex as a hook to get a man, oh my gosh, dude, you better be careful. It is amazing how fast that sweet little innocent thing can turn into Jezebel and ruin your life. She's trying to use her body to hook you into something that she can control because she's using you for all that emotional fulfillment. There ain't no way you're going to be able to give her what she needs because it's only going to be able to come from God. It's a dysfunctional relationship. If you're having sex with them, knock it off. Knock it off. Listen. Guys, if you're here and you're having a relationship with a with a, a Christian lady or even even if you if, if you're here and you're having sex with a lady and you're not married to her, let me tell you something. Knock it off. Knock it off. Don't tell me about how you love her and how you respect her cuz if you loved her, you would respect her body. You would expect you would respect her purity and you would respect her as a beautiful creation of God that she is. Don't tell me about how much you love her when you're using her to get off. If you loved her, you would wait for her. If you loved her, you would pursue her with integrity. You would pursue her with purity. If you loved her, you would treat her as the queen that God created her to be. That wouldn't even be on your radar. You wouldn't pressure her. You wouldn't, it, it, it would be over with. Don't talk to me about how much you care. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you loved her, if you loved her, you would respect her and treat her accordingly. You treat her accordingly. Knock it off. Knock it off. That's kind of harsh, Josh. Yeah, it is. Knock it off. Knock it off. You know what's going to happen at the end of it? You're both going to be emotionally destroyed. Because she is probably an emotionally unstable person that's using that to keep you hooked in. And the second you start to step away, she loses her freaking mind and her world begins to fall apart. Because she sees you as that in her life. And you can never be that. And if you're playing the game and you're getting that from her, listen, you are setting her up for emotional destruction. And you're going to have to give an account to that for that later on when you stand before God. got to think about the end game and where it's headed. I'm going to preach on that too long. Uh, let, me, let me give you something else. Um, a third question is this. Why am I attracted to them? Why am I attracted to them? Because they're hot. Because <laughs> they look good. That's why, that's why, because they make me laugh. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be attracted to somebody because they look a certain way. I think that's important. Listen, you're going to have a long, boring mar- marriage if you're not attracted to the person that you're married to. Um, I'll just put it that way. Uh, you should be attracted physically to the person. But here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that this, uh, physical appearance is important, but It changes. It changes. Character is constant. Why are you attracted to them? Look, let it be their relationship with God and the character that they walk with, not looks. Looks are going to change. He might be tall, dark, and handsome right now, but that dark hair is going to get a little bit of gray in it sooner or later. He might rock the just for men, and that's okay, but you can tell he's rocking the just for men. I don't care what the commercials say. You know That stuff is there. (laughs) The stuff is there. That hairline is going to begin to recede for the guys and the girls. That hair is going to thin out just a little bit. The stuff that's tight and firm right now is going to get loose and flabby sooner or later. I promise you, age is going to do its thing. Your appearance is going to change. Like one guy said, eventually the chest is going to drop into the drawers. (laughs) It's going to change. They might look fine now. All right, picture them with 20 more pounds on them with character. Now, would you marry that? Would you marry that? That's, that's a question. That's a question that you need. All the married people are dying laughing right now, and all the single people are saying, no, it ain't going to be that way. Honey, I got news for you. It's probably going to be that way. Dude, I got news for you. It's probably going to be that way. So um, you've got to ask yourself, does they, do they have the kind of character that I would want to spend the rest of my life with? Do they exhibit the kind of attributes that I know are never going to want to be selfish in our relationship? Do they exhibit the character that I know that I can feel comfortable with trusting them one step at a time, a little bit at a time, with my heart? You can't, you, you can't see that and get that from looks. You have to be able to evaluate that over time in a slow-stepping relationship. People get, they move way too fast in relationships one time. Like, How well do you know him? Really? How well do you know her? Really? Have you seen them mad? Have you seen how they respond to pressure? Have you seen what they do when they have the chance to cheat on something? Did they do the right thing? What kind of choices do they make? Is that the kind of character that you want to spend the rest of your life with? Questions to ask because that's the stuff that's really going to matter. I had some friends uh, from Texas, Chris and Lizzie. Chris and Lizzie, they're the cutest couple ever. And they dated for a while, and then they got engaged, and they got married. And uh, after a while, Lizzie got pregnant. And they were just so happy. And Lizzie went in for a checkup, and the doctor said, hey, uh, we found something. Um, we, We found that you got cancer. So now she's pregnant with cancer. And the doctor says, listen, we've caught this early enough that we can begin treatments, and we've got a good shot at knocking this out. So it's not going to be a major problem for you. But here's the deal. In order for us to treat you the way that we want to treat you. You're going to have to give up the baby. So we need to look at terminating the pregnancy. Because there's no way the baby is going to survive the treatment that we need to give you. So uh, you got to have the treatment. So the baby's going to die either way. We might as well end it now. You want to talk about a major decision to make as a couple. My child or potentially my life. My child or potentially my wife's life. And it didn't take them long to decide if they were going to keep the child. And Lizzie said, no, I'll roll the dice and I'll trust God and I'm going to put my child first. So they carried the baby full term, had the child. And Lizzie started taking treatments. And Chris started all these campaigns, and her friends started all these campaigns, and we called it Lizzie Strong. And everybody was praying for Lizzie, and everybody was giving to help cover medical bills. And, and they, were, they were raising this, this new baby and taking care of Lizzie. And Chris was there for them and supported them and never turned his back on his wife, never didn't do anything but love and serve his wife right up until the moment. Did she breathe her last breath? She lost her fight with cancer. Let me ask you a question. What kind of person, if you face the storms of life like that, do you want beside you? What kind of character do you want walking beside you when life throws punches at you? Do you want somebody who's there because they can get what they want to get from you, but when stuff gets tough, they're going to go the other way? Or do you want somebody who will stay with you, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, until death do you part? I think what Chris did for Lizzie was so beautiful. He refused to walk away. He stayed right beside her. Now that's character. That's commitment. That's the heart of a guy that wants to please God and serve his wife. That's what we should be looking for in our marriages. You know, when when you paint a picture like that, well, they look good, doesn't really make as much, it doesn't really hold as much value, does it? Character matters. Character matters. Marry character. Marry character. Because character will be there when it counts. It'll be there when it counts. Um, Last question is this. Boy, this is an honest one. Are there issues with them that I'm avoiding? Are there issues with them that I'm avoiding? This person that you're thinking about getting into a relationship with or this person that you are in a relationship with now, are there issues with them that I'm avoiding? It's When I meet with people and do marriage counseling, it's funny because, not funny, but it's, it's interesting um, that a lot of times a guy will sit there and say, man, I'm so sick of this. She does nothing but try to manipulate me and control me, and I'm so frustrated with it. I need her to stop. Can you tell her this is wrong and she needs to stop? And I ask him, I look at her, you know, say, are you doing this? Yeah, I'm doing this. Then I ask him, just a question, was she like this before you married her? Yeah, a little bit. So you knew what you were getting into. You talk to the lady, his temper is so bad. He's yelling, he's borderline verbally abusive. He punches holes in doors and walls. And I'm like, are you doing that? Yeah, I'm doing that. Okay, dude, that's, that's a little extreme. You need to back that off when you get that under control. Question, was he yelling and losing his temper while you were dating? Yeah. The issues were there. You just avoided them. just avoided them. I dated, not really dated, I had a good relationship, friendship that kind of almost turned into a relationship with a with a girl before I met Kelly. Kelly's my wife. She's the greatest gift of God in my life next to my salvation. I love her. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I thought this girl at the time was kind of cute, so I was hanging out with her. And we started, you know, trying to take it to the next step. And then she threw this line on me. She said, hey, um... Tell you what, we need to do. We just need to pause this for a second. Guys, anytime a girl says we need to pause this, there's usually nothing good coming behind that. Um, so she said, We need to pause this, and I just want to take a few weeks and just focus on my walk with God and make sure that this is the right thing. And I thought, Okay, that's cool. I got no problem with that. You do it, and I'll do the same thing. A couple of weeks later, she shows up to church with a new dude on her arm. And I thought, Dang. I guess God spoke real quick. <laughs> there she goes, Yeah, know. Um, I guess God spoke real quick. And uh, a couple of weeks went by, and suddenly that dude was not on her arm anymore. And guess who she came back to? Oh, oh she came back to good old Josh. Hey, putting on the show, you know. Um, she came, came back, hey, um, didn't work out with him. I was thinking maybe we could give it another try. And I thought, "Mm, issues. I think I'm going to avoid this one completely and just say, no, don't think so. Um, It wasn't too long after that that Kelly came walking in, and her little black boots, oh, my God, she looked amazing in those black boots. And and I said, there's something about that. I need to check this out. And Kelly and I began to slow-step our relationship with one another, and it worked out great. That girl is working on marriage. That other girl's working on marriage number four right now. Number four right now. If I had avoided the signs and just did the emotionally vulnerable thing and said, oh, I'm so glad to have you back. I need somebody in my life. I could have been marriage number one. You want to pay attention to the signs. Okay? If he's yelling at you and controlling now and can't control his temper, Listen, that's not going to magically go away. Because marriage does not change you into a better person. It magnifies who you are already. It doesn't change you. It just magnifies. If you doubt that, eat crunchy cereal with a loud chewer and see how long it takes for that to get on (laughs) your nerves. It magnifies things. My wife chews cereal so loud it's like she could crack walnuts while she's doing it but that's just a little thing it doesn't really matter you know <laughs> it's just funny uh, but major things they matter dude if she gets all emotional and manipulative and does subtle things to try to control you like if you decide you just want to have a night out with the guys and she's blowing up your phone every five minutes trying to figure out where you are and what's going on dude you need to run for us run you need to get away from that because I promise you that's not going away I promise you that's not going away. And if by some chance you're dumb enough to stay in that relationship and you guys do get married, oh, get ready for hell on earth. You think she's controlling you now. Oh, get ready for that. There's nothing but trouble waiting for you. got to look at the signs and pay attention to what they're showing you. Are you avoiding the issues? Don't avoid the issues. Don't avoid the issues. Don't avoid the issues. Wisdom wisdom because when we operate in wisdom and we shut off our emotions and our hormones i'm not saying those things are bad but those can't make decisions for us because if we're making decisions with the hormones and with emotions we're not even going to think to ask questions like that do they have a relationship with jesus am i at a point right now where i'm desperate and maybe i don't even need to be looking for a relationship right now um why am i even attracted to this person in the first place these are questions you don't ask if you're being driven by emotion and hormones. But when you operate in wisdom, like the Bible advises us to do, it changes all that. And you ask intelligent questions. Are there issues with them that I'm avoiding? Well, that's great, Josh. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll filter through that and figure out what I need to do. Listen, some of y'all do need to make some choices and decisions. Because you may be here today and you're fixing to get into a relationship that you don't need to get into. Maybe you're here today, and you're in a relationship, and you need to cut it out, call it off, and move on. And you know right now, just off these questions that we put up here, you know right now. Now, it's going to be up to you to do the right thing, because at the end of the day, this is it. You want to avoid emotional devastation and destruction in your life and in that person's life. Okay? You want to make sure that you're not wasting years of your time, months of your time, that you're not going to get back. When it's all said and done, it's going to land on the foundation of what does God want you to do with your life? And who is he calling you to be? And will that person get you closer to him, or are they taking you further away from him? Those are, those are questions. Those are questions that we've got to answer in these relationships. Good news is this. Good news is this. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. Regardless of the choices and decisions that you have to make today, this scripture is still true. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What does that mean, Pastor Josh? That means if you put God first and you focus on your relationship with him, and you seek him and his will for your life first. He'll take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. You don't have to hop on match.com. You don't have to bust out farmersonly.com. You don't, have to, you don't have to get on that. You don't have to get on Christian Mingle. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I would ask myself, why am I doing that? Am I objectively trying to find a suitable person to have a relationship with? Or am I just throwing hooks everywhere hoping I can snag a fish, you know? Um, those would be my questions. But if you trust God and you put Him first, His Word is true. He's faithful. And if you follow His plan one step at a time, one day at a time, and out of your relationship with Him, He's going to get you to the place that you need to be for that person, if they're there, to come across your life. What you've got to ask yourself is this Is God enough? Is God enough? If I never have anyone else, is God enough? Because until you come to the place where you can answer yes to that, you're never going to be one. You're never going to be complete. And any relationship that you get into is going to be out of balance because it takes one to be one.